0: This is not classic rock. This is oldies rock right here. Finally, I've taken uh, my threat to the top level. The Everly brothers are today's musical guests on the ride with Ricey. Very popular in the late 50s into the 60s and performed forever. They went all around the country. Uh, Phil died January 3rd, 2014. Isaac uh, Donald Don Everly was the older brother, uh, born in 1937. His uh, his brother, Phil, followed in uh, 1939. They uh, were born in Muhlenberg County, Kentucky, coal country. The old man, Ike, was a uh, coal miner for a while, ended up dying of black lung disease many years later. But they moved to uh, Shenandoah, Iowa, and uh, Ike was a guitar player, and his uh, his mother was also a, a musical, Margaret, or his wife, Margaret, who was the mother of the Everly Brothers. And in Shenandoah, he started uh, Ike Everly started to appear on a uh, radio show at KMAA in uh, Shenandoah in the mid-40s. And uh first with his wife, and then the son started singing with him. And they were known as Little Donnie and Baby Boy Phil back then in okay. the 40s. And, uh, of course, they ended up, uh Chet Atkins uh, uh heard about him. And uh, while they moved to Knoxville after that, Chet Atkins heard about him. And Chet Atkins, it seems like, heard about everybody and uh, created uh, a lot of the stars of that era. But the uh, Everly Brothers, huge, huge in the early days of rock and roll. No doubt about it. And to give us a little variety today with the Everly Everly Brothers, too. Uh, they they wrote a million songs and had a million hits. We're going to have a couple of covers uh, today, uh, one by Ray Charles and one by Nora Jones. So uh, a couple of covers of Everly Brothers songs. But uh, we're very pleased to have the Everly Brothers as our uh, musical guest today. I never saw them live, never saw them in person. They never made it to the... Uh, Back in my uh, Excelsior Roller Rink days, the Everly <laughs> Brothers never made it there. I, yeah, you'd uh, think they would have been through they uh, might have been Worthington or something. Yeah, well, yeah, they probably were through Worthington. Yeah, that's, uh, that is true. I'm sure they they did the gym in Worthington, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. The Harlem Globetrotters played in the gym in Worthington. Why right. not them? Right. Everything. Yeah. I told you guys, I saw Wilt Chamberlain play basketball in the Worthington Gymnasium. That's the coolest thing. The yeah. one that's here. awesome. The one year after he got out of college, the NBA wouldn't take him until his class graduated. So he played for the Harlem Globetrotters.
2: No nice. kidding.
0: I saw Will yep. in the Worthington gym. And you know what? We bleep kickers from Nobles in Murray County said, he is tall. He's tall. He, <laughs> he isn't he he Very tall. tall. We didn't. We didn't wonder what he had in his shorts. We just said, hey, boy, is he you tall. Knew.
2: You knew. You, you didn't have to wonder. <laughs> you knew.
0: Uh, did. did he have a signature trick? Uh, well, uh, and when he got the NBA, he had, the, you know, the the dunk and the whole thing. But with the Globetrotters, yeah. they used him as the jump shooter. Oh, okay. Um, oh, really? Because to, they did the opposite of what, you know, sure. he would dunk some, but they had him as the shooter. Anyway, Everly Brothers today. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, we are hoping, will be with us momentarily to talk about uh, what appears to be a successful draft last night. Tom Thibodeau, uh, president of basketball operations and coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, how are you doing, sir? Patrick, I'm doing well. Thanks that, for having me. That's good. Uh, interesting draft because it seemed like it was just kind of a uh, whatever your taste was. Because the, a lot of players seemed equal at, at, from a distance.
2: At yeah, time. There were you know, and, and we felt that from about 15 to 35. There would be a lot of wings available and a lot of players that were very comparable. And obviously, we were very pleased with both of the players that we were able to get.
0: Uh This kid seems to uh, have some life in him, uh, watching him run up and down the court on some highlights.
2: Yeah, Josh is uh, obviously very athletic, long wingspan. We feel he's going to be able to defend multiple positions. Uh And we liked his ability to get to the line. He's 38% three-point shooter uh and uh, he he did a really good job for their team. Now he missed the the start of the season this year, but overall we thought he was he was terrific and he's a good fit and of course Keta uh we, we had a great year uh being player of the year in his conference and same thing he's got a 7'4" wingspan, 6'9" and he can defend multiple positions as well. Uh, so we're excited about both guys.
0: Uh, this kid uh, must uh, uh, Koji must be. Uh, you know, I mean, he looks thick, solid, and uh, he wasn't even a top 150 recruit uh, nationally. So he must be a guy that's on the rise athletically and uh, basketball skill wise. Huh?
2: Yeah, and you know he. So he, <laughs> he, he was wasn't ranked very high going in uh to the ACC at Georgia Tech and, and played very well and he, of course he played with uh, team USA uh and, and did a good job there so uh he's a kid that has gotten a lot better and we think he'll continue to get better so and that's an, an important characteristic to have uh but as, as you as you know with our league it's it's really the wings are invaluable like you can't have enough of them uh, and we're seeing a lot of, you know, a point guard, three wings, in and in a big, and uh, we think he fits into that game. It's really a positionless game, uh, but his versatility really stood out to us.
0: Say, uh, Tom, just an observation by me. Uh, these kids that are uh, uh, almost second generation, I guess, uh, the, the, the parents came over here from uh, Senegal or Nigeria and places like that, they seem to when i when i read the bios they they got parents that push them hard they're academically strong they got them playing music they got them trying everything these seem to be uh, uh a uh kids with that had a very strong parental influence to uh keep them disciplined
2: yeah both kids uh, very strong family structures uh both have done well academically Uh, and they're just good people. We think they'll be a great fit in the community, uh, and we're excited about that as well, and I think uh, it's important in terms of growth. I think, uh, you know, obviously coming from college into the NBA, there's going to be an adjustment. They have to learn the NBA game, uh, but because of all those characteristics, the drive and how important the game is, but how they've uh, continued to both get better over time is very, very important.
0: Uh some uh some uh, folks were uh real worried about uh, getting a three-point shooter but it, and and this kid made some three-pointers they they say that uh he's uh he's pretty good at uh catch and shoot is that it
2: Yeah, very good. He he was uh in the 90th percentile in catch and shoot and he you know, he's he shot 38 from 3 last year and he took four Josh did and in, in uh the year before shot 37 so those are good signs and he's a very good uh, free throw shooter as well. He shot 82 from the line last year. So we think he'll continue to get better in that area. And, and of course, Kata was, uh, you know, as, as I said, uh, uh, the player of the year in the conference. So, uh, we're excited about what he's done offensively and the fact that we think we can play him at two, two positions and his ability to switch defensively and the length is so important. Uh, you know, with Josh, the seven-foot wingspan, and of course Keda with the seven-four wingspan.
0: Uh, nothing wrong with having a, a wing who can guard the three too. They apparently, <laughs> apparently, this kid can guard the three. huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. And we, and, and we felt that was a need. That you know, obviously, the two needs were the you know, from the defensive end, and also the you know, the the shooting component to be able to to shoot the three. Uh, and we think both guys will continue to improve uh, offensively with shooting the three, but that length to be able to, you know, get into the lane, then get out, cover the line and get guys off the line and challenge shots. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a big thing in our, in our league right now.
0: Uh, Bates Diop, uh, what's uh, how's his uh, how's his body? Is it an NBA body, or is he a little thin? Or is yeah, he,
2: you know, I think for him the, the same thing. You come in from college, the the speed and the power and the strength of the game is a little bit different. Uh, but he's got a great frame. We think uh, he'll continue to grow, get stronger. Uh, but we like his skill set, all the things that he can do, uh, offensively and defensively. And both of these guys are are two way players. So we think that uh you know, as young guys coming in, coming in with the the energy that's necessary, I think it'll be a good jolt for our team
0: uh you know i'm seventy two years old and once in a while i feel like i i'm i'm suffering from ageism but uh uh the bates deops twenty two and apparently he's suffering from ageism if you're if you uh, if you're not one and done or two and done uh the some teams will drop you down in the uh draft order
2: yeah no it's you're making a good point it's it, 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 sometimes it's you know it's funny how people see it uh, in, um you know, I, I think back to Jimmy Butler, you know, and again, he's a four year player. Yeah. And drafted 30th, and, uh, and Draymond was a, an older player too, uh, Draymond Green, and, and both of these guys, if you did the draft today, they would, you know, be at the top of the draft. Uh, but it's, it's not really where you get drafted. I think it's, uh, sometimes, you know, it's almost frowned upon if a, if a guy's been in college and, so, in some cases, these, these guys, you know, they're, they're still young, even though they've been in, in school for three years or four years. And, you know, I think those, that, that always works out well. But the big thing is, are they winners and can they contribute? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I said, it's funny, I was talking to John Calipari the other day and he's mentioning that, uh, he, he got the kid Reed that who just yeah. transferred in. He said, I'm going opposite now. I'm going. To the fifth year. <laughs> yeah, you right. Know? Fifth year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travis yeah. Uh, you know, like, and I think everyone, you're always looking to add good players and regardless whether they're one and done or they've been in school for three or four years, uh, we just want to add to the mix. I think the the depth depth component is very important for us
0: uh patton uh unfortunately it's oh, let me ask you is is because of his experience is he uh, a little more developed than uh, Patton would have been uh, yeah, had he had you tried played, to play him yeah. before he got hurt you know yeah,
2: I think just because they were in school longer yeah uh you know i think the the more times you you, you do anything usually you get better at it uh and there's a physical maturity that goes along with that but uh, we're, we're you know we like uh, Justin Patton quite a bit, and it's unfortunate that he's had to deal with these injuries, but the prognosis is good, so once he does get healthy we'll we'll get him back out there and and get to work with him.
0: No timeline as to uh, when, uh, when 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 he might be able to start seeing him running up and down the court though I suppose yeah, that...
2: I think the big thing for us is we don't want to rush him. I think it's important to let him heal and uh we're hopeful that he'll be ready for training camp i think that that's realistic uh but he's he's making good progress he's and when because he's not playing uh we're doing a lot of work with him in the weight room upper body type stuff and uh he's working on his strength and he's watching a lot of film and you know he can shoot out of a chair and things like that so he's doing all that he can and uh, you know, whatever your circumstances are, just make the best of those. And I think he's, he's, he's had a good summer so far.
0: Hey, Tom, uh, would, would have he been with your club all year last year if he oh, hadn't yeah, gotten and hurt?
2: And, and that was the great value of, of having the, the G League and obviously Glenn making, uh, uh, the commitment to, to getting a G League team. Uh, you know, h- had he not gotten hurt, you know, and I'm not saying he would have never gone down. He might have gone down for, uh, you know, playing time for a game or two and then come right back because uh, that's the way most teams are using it now. Uh, but I would have preferred to have had him here, but I thought the best way for him to develop would, would be to go down there and we started off with, uh, you know, a minutes restriction on him. So we were, we try to be very cautious with him, but I thought it, it, from that standpoint, he didn't lose the year. So, uh, he still got v- very valuable time down there. Uh, and I think that that was critical. Unfortunate, um, they got hurt, uh, you know, again, or they had to, to clean up with, uh, you know, the foot. But um, you know, we're we're excited about who he is and what he, we think he can become.
0: I uh, do. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard to be specific right now. But are some of your Iowa Wolves going to be on your summer league team, or is it going to be yeah, a whole new I cast?
2: Think that's or a, the whole idea, like immediately after the draft, you call the the, the guys that are. Uh, undrafted, and you start to put that. It, it, and our scouts did an unbelievable job, and they they did so throughout the year too. And, and Scott, the way everything was organized, uh, they did a terrific job. And then immediately after the draft, the undrafted guys, you, you're you're circling in on to try to get uh, uh, your two way contracts done, and you're trying to uh, put your summer league t- uh, together and. You're talking to your international scouts. And so uh, you get to work on that right away. And as a matter of fact, they're up there in a meeting right now uh, finalizing some summer league plans.
0: What's your uh, view of summer league? Is that, uh, I mean, is that just to take a little peek of people or is it, can you learn some real things? What?
2: Yeah, what... no, I think it's great. I think uh, particularly for, you know, the young guys, who, you know, your draft picks. So it's it's almost, you know, it's their first taste of pro basketball. So they get an idea of what the start of training camp will be like. We'll do a lot of the drills in summer league that we'll do in, in training camp. Uh, so it's almost a dress rehearsal for that. And, the, of course, the rule changes and all the things that they have to adjust to in terms of the, the pro game. Uh, and then we when we go out to Vegas and we play in those five games, Uh, it'll give them a chance to go through a shoot around uh, into a a game and then to follow up the next date so they see sort of what that routine looks like. Uh, And then it also gives you an idea of, okay, these are the things that you did well. These are the things that you really need to work on the rest of the summer in preparation for what's going to happen in the fall and then to get ready for training camp. So I think it's a Great indoctrination into NBA basketball.
0: Uh, Tom, one last thing: what's the timeline for Belitsa? Well, how's that work?
2: Yeah, we're 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 getting close. We're still uh, working on those plans, uh, but you know the the first uh, we're going to have some decisions to make.
0: And uh, he he can either uh, go out and get a big offer or wait wait another year or something like that.
2: Right, right. right. So we'll, we'll we'll play it out and we'll see how it unfolds. But we like him a lot as a player.
0: Does, uh, does uh, Kiana give you a little, uh, a little uh, backup there, just in case?
2: Yeah, I think the, you know, the draft picks in general, I mean, I think they're really the lifeline of the organization. You want to keep bringing uh, new, young, talented players in, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they play a lot right away, but, uh, of course, the playing time has to be earned. Uh, but you like to have depth, and uh, I think that is important. Well,
0: there's, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been aware of this, but some people wonder if you play, if you, if you play your, uh, your big guys a little too much once in a while. Have <laughs> you heard our, that? Our
2: big guys? No, I no, no, so. not your
0: big guys, your stars. It's, uh, you know, that some people bring up the minutes, you know what I'm saying? The, the minutes. Yeah, the minutes they <laughs> play. You know, those minutes, those minutes. You know, uh, like LeBron, look at him. He, he's almost wearing out here now that he's played all those minutes, right?
2: Uh, imagine that. It, I mean, the, and it's a credit to him <laughs> playing all those games, and you know the they play their best players. When you watch, when you you know look at the playoffs, you see everyone is playing their best players. You know the most minutes, and uh, I think the 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 players will prepare themselves for what they're going to have to face <laughs> and do. I know how hard Jimmy works and has worked throughout his career uh, to do so. But I think when you look at Our bench minutes, you'll see that we're right in the middle of what everyone else does. Our our top four guys uh, average between 17 and 21 minutes, and uh, that's usually where everyone falls.
0: All right. Hey, that was supposed to be a humorous aside there, sir. Well, I know you're
2: part of the minutes police. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm not not a captain, man. I'm I'm only kidding. I know that. (laughs) Okay. All right,
0: Tom. Thank you. All right, and uh, good luck with these two kids. Okay,
2: appreciate it, Patrick. Thanks All right, for having me. thank All
0: right. you. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, the uh, the uh, coach and uh, president of the uh, Timberwolves. I think he did good. I know a lot of people thought it was a boring choice, but I like athletes. Yeah, um, and
1: they, I mean... I'd rather I told, have him than Kevin Herder. Well, my thing, too, is because everybody made a big deal about, wow, well, he's not a shooter, you know. Yeah, he's not a shooter. Well, he's a, 38%. He's a 38% from three, and you know what? They needed wing defense yes. as much as they need a three-point
0: shooting yeah, so and he'll beat you you can tell he'll beat you down the court yeah if you don't watch it you know because he is an athlete and he can I, run, i'm, can I'm glad they got an athlete they need an athlete yeah.
1: you know and so. and he talked about the versatility too they mm-hmm. need guys who can defend multiple positions too so.
0: when's the last time they uh, drafted a second rounder that you could uh, actually be interested in you know
1: it's been a while
0: yeah i mean tyus was a second choice but that was a first round first rounder yeah yeah he's gonna play tyus a lot this year tyus so tyus is out of uh you know off whatever probation he was on because he's gonna play that three guard butler at the fourth thing quite a bit i think and this kid helps him play that we'll be back Brothers. Today's uh, musical guest Don and the late Phil. Phil died in uh, 2014. The big rocker, a big early rock and roll oldies guys from the late 50s and throughout the 60s. The Everly Brothers. That's real music, not that stuff you guys listen to today. Damn it! Uh, I'm going to do a sports update here because Johnny Heights not with us. Uh, the college world series, Oregon State staying alive, leading seven to two against Mississippi State. If they beat them today, they got to beat them again tomorrow to uh, advance to the uh, best of three series next week. And later tonight, Florida in the same predicament against Arkansas. Arkansas is unbeaten in that bracket, and Florida would have to beat them twice to advance. So remember yesterday we were talking about Jordan Spieth turning it around, and he yep. he knocked it in from the sand, and he went absolutely crazy, and it gave him a 63? Today he turns around and shoots 73 at the Travelers mm. in Hartford, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Is Where that a par is 70 it? or a
1: 72?
0: It's or? par 70, so 70. he shoots okay. three over, so he's he's out of contention. Not he's out of contention. He's down the list uh, substantially. And uh, what happened to the fellow was he took a 8, a triple bogey 8 in the on a par 5, and he hit it on the cart path, had to take a drop, and then he hit it in the water and ended up making an 8 on a par 5. And that, you can't make an 8 on a par 5 uh, in, in golf. Roy McElroy was playing with him. He played better today, but he was only one under seven under uh last i looked uh jones i think it's matt jones was leading at 10 under and brian Harmon was also 10 under uh jones might have fallen out of that because i saw something that Harmon was the leader but anyway thought i'd give you a little update on jordan spieth who looked like he was uh in a in the in a big comeback and then a low and behold uh he went and uh Shot 73 today and made a triple bogey eight on a par five. Shame on you, Jordan. Argentina does not have to be suicidal yet. They're still hanging on. uh, Nigeria beat Iceland today, two to nothing. Uh, Two goals in the second half. Uh, by ice uh, by a guy named musa for nigeria so they beat iceland two to nothing if iceland had won today argentina done out of line uh but now argentina plays nigeria next uh i think next tuesday they got a few more days and then uh they they're they're in no hurry to get this damn thing done are they today's friday they don't play till tuesday but if they beat Nigeria, they will advance. But Nigeria can go out and play like hell for a tie. Yeah, they don't have to worry. If it gets if Argentina's got to win, okay. Yeah. Argentina's got to win. Argentina, I think, was weren't they the runner-up in the last? Yes, World Cup? they were. Yes, they were. Their and journey? kind of a comeback after uh, a few disappointing World Cups. But uh, so these people don't have to worry about having rocks thrown at them when they arrive back in the country. At Messi, at Messi gets. Messi better go get two against Nigeria next week. Yeah, especially after you missed that PK
1: over the weekend. That's right. You know, made them have that tie in the first game.
0: And uh, Costa Rica got uh, hammered uh, 2-0 by who beat him? One of the good teams beat him today, 2-0. And uh, Costa Rica is eliminated. That means Francisco Calvo will be available to return to the United in about a week if he wants to or unless he wants to take I a think coach more time Heath out. will be uh, happy about that getting That's one good. of his better players back. As I said, we need him back. We need that leadership for complaining that we that he provides. Uh, he's the guy that uh what a month ago he's looking at he, he found some blogger who nobody even knows existed and wasn't there and wasn't going to talk to anybody because his blogger said something that he didn't like. He's uh now uh I think Jamie was trying to tell me that he's doing that to take the attention from away from other guys, but uh, I'm I'm not sure that's it. He seems to be a bit of a whiner to me. And if he was with a more uh, prominent uh, team in town, if this was a Twins player or a Viking player or a, <laughs> or a basketball player, we'd be killing him for his uh, yeah. for his whining to this point. So Costa Bleepin' Rica. That's right. That was uh, that goes way back to I think when I was calling into the morning show of the World Cup, maybe, maybe, maybe not. It might have been a Saturday sports talk. When do you think that was? It was a World Cup. That sounded in studio to me. Play it again. Yeah, oh, it was. Costa Bleepin' Rica. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. The U.S. had lost a a match to Costa. It might have been in the... uh, Run up the, uh, one of the previous times when they in the qualification that they lost in the in the yeah. qualification. Sometimes you con- let the c- fandom c- 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 calf, get you. you one get, of those deals. No, I was making fun of the soccer fans for you know getting all worked up about the U.S. hockey team. I mean, the U.S. soccer team, which lost to Costa Bleep and Rica. Oh, I thought you were upset over the loss, like oh, our God, soccer no. fans. No, no, no. I I got this is just privately, not be, I don't want this shared. But I think the U.S. not being in the World Cup is one of the funniest things in the <laughs> I haven't laughed so hard since forty-one donut. We got to go back and find. Don't worry,
1: we did, won't tell anybody. No. Did, did you have an epic reaction? <laughs> we can reaction? keep it pretty private. Here. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you ripped into them pretty good when they lost to Trinidad and Tobago. But did you have any? Do you remember having any part of that where that really stood out that we could replay? I don't one? know if there is something back there. Just aside from I the fact that they I lost even, to two teams, I don't
0: teams. think they even know... I don't even think I'd known that they'd lost. I, did, I assumed there was no possibility until I looked at the paper the next morning. And, and I, I think I said, Trinidad and Tobago, how do they expect us to win when we got to play them both? <laughs> Each of them got 2,000 people on the island, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Unbelievable. It does certainly take the uh, spunk out of the World Cup, that's for sure. We'll be back. singing the bye bye love the big hit of the uh of the everly brothers i ran across that when i was looking up uh, bye bye love and i any chance you get to play a little ray charles oh he was one of the best Man, he's something he's something Ah, uh, my dear friend bob nightingale a fellow who's been known to miss curfew as wild maniac uh, <laughs> okay he can tell you that but usa today's great baseball writer breaks a lot of stories and uh, he basically has de- he loves the game, okay. And he basically has devoted his whole career to covering baseball, and uh, does a uh, does a great job at it. He let baseball have it today. Uh, the headline on the USA Today story: There's no ducking the numbers. ML has a bad baseball problem that's only getting worse. His lead was that Eddie got somebody might as well uh, bring back Eddie Goodell, the three foot seven uh, short person who played for the Browns, because, you know, we love walks so much, you might as well have him coming back and walking. Yeah. Uh, Some uh, Major League Baseball is on pace for more strikeouts than hits for the first time in its history. It is uh, 22.5% of all played appearances uh are either strikeout or walk uh no players are striking out at, at 25 players are striking out at a rate of 22.5 percent of all played appearances they are on pace for more strikeouts and hits we've talked about that yeah uh but the uh the worst part is that uh over 50 percent of the time the ball isn't put in play it's amazing uh here's something i didn't realize I, I I noticed with the long win, long winter and everything, some places tenants is down six and a half percent all across Major League Baseball. That's yeah. that'll get your attention. That's telling. That will get your assist. Yes. that isn't point one six or is that isn't one point six percent that you can explain away by weather. That's, uh, that's not 50
1: fewer people a game that's no, a couple thousand that's
0: six and a half percent and you cannot take that kind of a, a loss here uh, the, the disparity between and then he also points out you know you're going to have there are five teams with winning percentages below 400 and, and four teams they're going to win 100 they, neither of those things have ever happened and the, they neither those things haven't happened the same time mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. I mean, it is amazing. I don't... You know, everybody says, well, the White Sox and the Royals. Nobody imagined... This wasn't starting the season saying, we're tanking. The White Sox thought they were going to be better. Mm-hmm. And the Royals thought they could hang on again and maybe, you know, if Cleveland slipped, they yeah. thought they could be where the Detroit is or something. Sure. So it's not all tanking, but it's certainly... Uh, one thing baseball had one, you know, baseball used to have a, a June fifteenth trade line tr- trade deadline, June fifteenth. Really? I think the July thirty first trade line deadline hurts them because then everybody dumps, right? Yeah. Everybody starts dumping. So it, one thing you want to do. But uh, Nightingale did a really good piece on uh, all the uh, horrible stats that baseball is dealing with, and uh, there's there's something that they're going to have to. Manford thinks it's the pitch clock, but I don't. That you know, when Buster was talking to us uh, uh, a couple of weeks—not this last time, but a, a couple of weeks ago—he talked about the limit of four pitchers uh, in a nine-inning game, and I was wondering, okay, what the hell is he talking about? Because they can't do that. But I think that would be to keep the starting to keep teams from doing what Tampa's doing now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have a starting pitcher starting now. starting a reliever. Yeah, they want and- to. They want to continue that 130-year trend of having, or 150-year trend of having starting pitchers, I guess. But there's gonna there's gonna be some uh, big changes to the grand old game when you start losing six and a half percent of your crowd, and uh, all your surveys tell you people under 40 don't give a damn. You got you got issues. Well, okay? and, and uh,
1: we're we're in this generation now too, Pat, where people. You know, people that are my age, you know, thirty four and 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 younger, where they they kind of want they they don't we don't like slow no lagging things. And we you don't want to watch a guy come college up and,
0: baseball right now. Or I mean, it's not just major leagues. I I mean, Oregon. I like the college World Series, but this game's in the sixth inning. Yeah, it started at one o'clock, I think, or two maybe. maybe it started at two, probably two. But there's. There's going no on hurry. almost three
1: hours old and yeah. There,
0: there's no hurry. Uh yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think it's three balls and two strikes. There's two choices. Sixty two feet from but I think that could screw up pitchers' arms who are, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want more arm injuries. Or uh three balls and two strikes. The 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 most dramatic change of all. Certainly it might be Not get the ball and play more, but it certainly would get the innings over faster. Yeah. And bats would would be quicker. And you'd have to swing. Because that's the biggest. You couldn't take strike one.
1: Because that's, I think that's been the biggest, I guess, problem, if you want to call it, is that, you know, the analytics guys, and, and, you know, and I'm a believer in analytics to a degree, but all these guys, they're telling these guys to go up and, Foul off a bunch of pitches and take a bunch of, you know, work mm-hmm. the count and try to get, you know, try to get the starters out in the fourth or fifth inning and make them yep. Make, yep. The, make the other team go to the some, bullpen uh, early. Somebody,
0: and, uh, some guy and I retweeted it, responded to that when I tweeted yeah, it, I saw that. Yeah. thing today and he said, you know, analytics and basketball are intended to make the game better, although I don't like the three-pointer myself, but mm-hmm. I guess the public does. And football, it's throw the ball more. In baseball, the analytics make the game worse. shifts and shifts and everything. Draw walks, foul off. Anyway, uh, you can look it up. Bob Nightingale uh, really let baseball have it today and and did a good job in USA Today explaining the crisis. It's a crisis. When you lose 6.5% of your tenants, it's a crisis.
1: Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now.
0: Now Broderick moves under the ring, and Lewis gave him. And oh, Broderick down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. A new world champion. Joel Lewis is the new world champion in the eighth round. Broderick went down from a hard fight to the jaw. Ah, succession... uh, do you know who that announcer is, sir? The no great, the great Clem McCarthy he did okay. everything back then horse racing and uh, fights and I thought it sounded familiar. He everything the great what a voice though. Yeah the, the great Clem McCarthy he did everything on this day in history June twenty second, 1937 Joe Lewis became only the second African American Uh, To become a heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson was the first, of course, and they did everything they could to take the title away from him. He just got pardoned by uh, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. 1915, uh, Jack Johnson lost the title. Uh, joe lewis 1937 jim braddock was the uh was the world champion he knocked him out in the eighth round in chicago's comiskey park oh okay comiskey, comiskey park uh joe lewis born in uh, 1914 was the seventh son of a sharecropping family that worked in the cotton fields of lexington alabama his family moved to chicago when he was 10 and two years later uh Lewis dropped out of uh, school to work in a Ford factory. He took up boxing at a little local gym at age sixteen, and of course uh, became uh, a, a one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time, maybe the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. In uh, number of years ago, uh, I was in Memphis and for a, a Liberty Bowl game, and Jack and Eddie Robinson was receiving the the medal of whatever they gave for that. Mm-hmm. Went up, spent an hour with him in his hotel room, him and the wife. What a great guy. But he was telling me about being a kid in Louisiana when Jack Robinson, uh, when Jack, uh, Joe Lewis Joe would Lewis. Win, a, win a fight and everybody in the neighborhood would run out and sell That's They'd so all be awesome. around their radios and they'd all run out. And man, it was, uh, it was you know, in the, in the 30s, man, it was, uh, it was something uh, back then. So... Yeah, Joe Lewis won the title for the first time June 22, 1937.
1: As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energyaudit.